Glory be to God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. Please be seated. So a Presbyterian pastor tells of baptizing a two-year-old boy at a Sunday service. After baptizing the child, the pastor put his hands on the little boy's head and said, you are a child of God sealed by the Spirit in your baptism, and you belong to Jesus Christ forever. Unexpectedly, the little boy looked up and responded, uh-oh. The people in the congregation smiled. They were Presbyterians, but you Episcopalians laughed a little bit. That's good. <laughs> but writes Pastor Buchanan, the pastor who did the baptism, the child's response was appropriate. He called it a stunning theological affirmation of a, from a child's mouth. Baptisms ought to be an uh-oh kind of event. It shouldn't be a mere rite or ritual of the church that we go through just to get it done. It needs to be an event embodied or immersed with soul searching and prayer. Whether it is our baptism or the baptism of someone in our care. Baptism represents a movement, my friends. From dark despair to hopeful light from the stark reality of certain death to the promise of a glorious and everlasting life. Therefore, we should never regard baptism lightly. One reason baptism is an OO experience is that it represents responsibilities on our part. In baptism, we or the child are becoming a part of the body of Christ. That means we're becoming a part of the church. That means that we are part of God's plan and the church's ministry and mission to change the world, to make the world a better place. Yes, baptism is important. In our Episcopal Church, baptism is one of the two great sacraments of the church. Jesus Christ gives to the church. It's ordained by God. That's why, by Jesus himself, that's why it's called one of the two great sacraments. The other great sacrament is Holy Eucharist. Again, instituted by Jesus. And the good news is that baptism is as a sacrament, an outward and visible sign of an inward and spiritual grace. A grace that recognizes that God's unearned and undeserved favor towards us. And in this grace, we understand that God forgives us our sins, our minds are enlightened, our heart is stirred, and our wills are strengthened with courage by this same God. The sacraments and the five other sacramental rites evolved in the church under the guidance of the whole God's Spirit. And what they do, in essence, is give us patterns patterns that allow us to connect with God, giving us freedom and hope in a world enslaved by sin. Today, we celebrate the baptism of three young people, Sophia, Bo, and Perry. Yes, 
three young people. And we also read and hear about Jesus and his baptism by John the Baptist in the River Jordan. And in the Gospel of Matthew, it's an interesting interaction that we see that helps us to understand why baptism is essential for the church and the world. In the reading from the Gospel of Matthew, we recognize that John the Baptist felt a little bit uncomfortable. You could sense his, the uncomfortableness that he has when Jesus comes to be baptized by him. Matthew tells us John would have prevented him, saying, I need to be baptized by you, and do you come to me? You might wonder, and I hope you do, you might wonder with John the Baptist, why did Jesus do that? Jesus, the center of our faith, the one who is supposed to be the sinless one, goes to be baptized by a human being, by John. Why? I'll give you the reason, <laughs> maybe. <laughs> one thing, Jesus may have wanted to identify with the ministry and message of John. There's no question that Jesus immensely admired John the Baptist. In the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 11, it says, Jesus says of John the Baptist, Truly I say to you, among those born of women, there is none, there has risen no one greater than John the Baptist. In other words, anyone who's been born of a woman, and that includes all of us, folks, there's no one greater than John. Jesus agreed with John that repentance from sin was the beginning of God's transformation of the world. You see, John the Baptist came preaching and his message was, repent for the kingdom of heaven is near, is at hand. Interestingly, according to Matthew, Jesus' first sermon was repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. The same theme. Jesus' teachings about sin were as uncompromising as John the Baptist. Jesus was compassionate with sinners, but not with sin, my friends. Jesus understood that self-centered sin must be rooted out of our lives because it destroys individuals, alienates people from each other and from God, and it destroys relationships and everything around it. There's a movie, I love movies. There's a great movie that I saw uh, a while ago, it, it's called Grand Canyon. And in it, an attorney, a character, uh, was played by Kevin Klein. You, do you know Kevin Klein? Yeah, some of you do. Kevin Klein uh, was playing this attorney, and he was in a hurry to get home after a basketball game. And all the main roads were jammed up, so he tries a shortcut. Suddenly, he realizes as he tries this shortcut that he's lost. Even worse, he's driving a luxury car. And he's driving it into a dangerous part of the city. And then the nightmare really begins. The car stalls right there in the most dangerous part of the city. He phones for help, but before it arrives, 
A group of gang members surround his car and threaten him. He looks helpless, trapped in the car. I'm just getting anxious just thinking about this. Finally, a tow truck arrives, and the driver is played by Danny Glover. You remember? Danny Glover steps out of the car, hooks up the car to his tow truck. The gang members start to protest. And the driver then takes the leader aside and, and says to him firmly, man, the world ain't supposed to be to work like this. Maybe you don't know that, but this ain't the way it's supposed to be. I'm so, supposed to be able to do my job without asking you if I can. And that dude, referring to the lawyer, is supposed to be able to wait with his car without you ripping him off. Everything's supposed to be different than what it is here today. We live in a world where many things are going on that are different from what God intended for his world. And those unhealthy thoughts and actions are a product of sin, my friends. And we need to be conscious of the deadliness of sin so that we don't get sucked into something that destroys us or others around us. But, there's always a but, isn't there? This is a but. Without a consciousness of our sin, there's no consciousness of our need for salvation, is there? This is an insight we gain for Barbara Brown Taylor. In her book, Speaking of Sin, Taylor names one chapter, Sin is Our Only Hope. She argues that the key to experiencing salvation is first being aware that you need saving. That means that we must recognize our sins. We must recognize our failings. Not any one of us is perfect. We all have something to repent of. When we realize our sins, the door for God's grace will flood in, will open up, and grace will flood into our lives. As Jesus presented himself for baptism to John the Baptist that day at the River Jordan, he gave us a pattern for all Christian disciples, a pattern that we follow. See, we too are to submit ourselves in baptism as an act of identification with Christ's message and ministry. In baptism, we recognize the importance of repenting of our sins, to being aware of what they are as the first step to something more significant and something more remarkable. And that something more remarkable is that we are to become a part of Christ's family. Today, we begin our service on page 299 in the prayer book, right? But on page 298... Those, on that page, you have all the rules and rubrics of the service. The first line on that page 298 says, we understand baptism is the full initiation into Christ's body, 
the church. It's the beginning of a relationship with the church. Today, we baptized three young children into this body. Sophia, Bo, and Perry. They don't know necessarily about sin yet. But all they can know is that they are beloved of God at this moment. That they are cherished children of God. And that as they follow Jesus as their model, they are part of God's great plan of helping transform the world. And they can also know that they're not alone as they grow up in this world. Because as they grow up in this world, they will confront sin and violence. Still, in our community, they will, they will learn, be nurtured in the knowledge how to deal with this sin and violence so that it doesn't overwhelm them. They will learn it through their connection with God in this community. They will learn it from this community as they watch us, as they grow in this knowledge of who they are as Christians. And they will know also that God will change the world through them, each one of them. Uh-oh, said the young boy to the pastor. When, he, when the pastor stated the meaning of his baptism, the young man was correct in his assessment. Baptism is a big deal. And I hope everyone in this room understands what a meaningful and beautiful rite of the church it is. Amen.